Hello and welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we are looking at the case of the Soldiers, Sailors, Airmen and Families Association and Alga Minus Krankenhaus Viersen. The citation for this case is 2022 UKSC 29. And this is a rather technical legal case that has a rather sad background to it. The claimant is actually a young man called Harry Roberts, who was born in the year 2000 at a hospital in Germany, operated by Algeminus Krankenhaus Viersen. It is alleged that during the course of his birth, he suffered an acute hypoxic brain injury because of negligence on the part of the midwife. That midwife was employed by the other party to this case, the Soldiers, Sailors, Airmen and Families Association. The association is a charity that supports British service personnel and is indemnified by the Ministry of Defence here in the UK. In response to this claim by Roberts, the association has brought a claim for contribution against the German hospital in Viersen under the Civil Liability Contributions Act 1978. It is agreed by both of the parties that the original claim by Roberts is governed by German law. Any liability from the hospital to Roberts is also governed by German law. And that, unless the 1978 Act is deemed to have overriding effect, German law would also apply to this claim for contribution brought by the association against the hospital. So that is what this case comes down to. Does the Civil Liability Contributions Act 1978 have overriding effect? so that this piece of English law will apply instead. The lower courts agreed with the association that the Act does have overriding effect, and so the Viersen Hospital appealed to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick things up. The first thing that the justices mentioned is that the 1978 Act does not expressly state that it has overriding effect. Instead, it is therefore necessary to see if an overriding effect is implied by the statute. When the proceedings came before the Court of Appeal, three different provisions were identified as supporting the notion that there is an overriding effect. Section 1, subsection 6 says, quote, References in this section to a person's liability in respect of any damage are references to any such liability which has been or could be established in an action brought against him in England and Wales by or on behalf of the person who suffered the damage. But it is immaterial whether any issue arising in such action was or would be determined, in accordance with the rules of private international law, by reference to the law of a country outside England and Wales. End quote. Section 2, subsection 3c then says, quote, Where the amount of the damages which have or might have been awarded in respect of the damage in question in any action brought in England and Wales by or on behalf of the person who suffered it, against the person from whom the contribution is sought, was or would have been subject to any corresponding limit or reduction under the law of a country outside England and Wales, the person from whom the contribution is sought shall not by virtue of any contribution awarded under section 1 above be required to pay in respect of the damages a greater amount than the amount of those damages are so limited or reduced. End quote. And finally, section 7, subsection 3, says, quote, The right to recover contribution in accordance with section 1 above supersedes any right other than an express contractual right to recover contribution 
as distinct from indemnity, otherwise than under this act in corresponding circumstances, end quote. All of these sections certainly emphasise the importance of the legislation, but the Supreme Court held that they can all be deemed effective even if there is not an overriding effect. Furthermore, there is nothing in the legislative history which suggests that there was an intention to give an overriding effect. Indeed, the Law Commission, who advocated for the change, indicated that there was not an intention to give overriding effect, and this interpretation is supported by much of the academic literature around this area. It is true that there is some case law which suggests the statute does have an overriding effect, but the justices felt that either the question was not argued, or the reasoning given in cases like Arab Monetary Funding and Hashim No. 9 was essentially circular. Ultimately, the Supreme Court decided that there was not an overriding effect, and in their conclusion to this judgment they identified two reasons why this should be the case. Firstly, there will still be many situations where a contribution claim will still be governed by English and Welsh law, even though the underlying liability is governed by foreign law. Secondly, it was said that a failure by foreign law to provide for claims of contribution is not something that necessarily needs a remedy in domestic legislation. Furthermore, it would not be right for domestic law to be applied when the contribution claim is more closely connected to a foreign system of law. Overall, I find it quite hard to get a proper read on whether this is the right decision or not, and I think it's going to be up to the listener. On the one hand, those three sections that I quoted do give a lot of credence to the idea that this act is given a great deal of importance, to the extent that it might reasonably be viewed as overriding. Indeed, this is the way that case law seems to have treated it in the past, even if the question has not been properly debated before now. On the other hand, there is nothing in the Act to say that the legislation is overriding, and the other evidence also seems to support that notion. I am inclined to agree with the Supreme Court, but it is because of an underlying reason that I think is only ever really hinted at in the judgment. The very idea of a statute overriding the choice of law rules is quite controversial because it takes some agency away from the parties to a case, and can have the effect of undermining foreign law when compared to English law. That is not a good look, and tends not to foster good relations between nations in the legal sphere. Sometimes that is needed, but as the Supreme Court pointed out here, the overriding effect would not add much because most cases will still be governed by domestic law. It is true that some people will lose out, but this is a small price to pay for achieving a fair and harmonious system of law. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast. And thanks as ever to bensound.com for the theme music. I should say that further to the reviews I read out last week, I am also now able to see reviews from outside of the UK as well. That means I can now read out this five-star review from Tika Morena in Belgium, who said, quote, I'm not even embarrassed to admit I find court rulings riveting, and I'm grateful that this podcast is here to explore the nuances and broader implications of key rulings by the UKSC and other courts slash tribunals. For students, this is like having a form tutor in your pocket, whittling down the key elements of the case to under 10 minutes, giving you the space to undertake more critical thinking and research in your own time. For casual listeners, it's a fascinating insight into how each and every day the judicial-slash-court system is shaping our life and society one ruling at a time. 
sometimes as a result of tragic events, and occasionally because adversaries simply couldn't settle their dispute outside of court. Thank you very much for that kind review, and uh, remember if you want to support the podcast then you can leave a review as well, and even have it read out at the end of one of the episodes. Anyway, I'll be back with another case next week, but for now, bye!